0: Right. Hi, welcome back. We are reading a Politico article, published two days ago, about the Eugene Carroll testimony. So she was a column, um, advice columnist, magazine, I think it was for Elle. But she's also worked for SNL in the past. So they met. She knew him from around town. She liked him. Thought he was a raconteur. She and Trump browsed the store, she said, and eventually made their way up the escalator to the laundry department on the sixth floor. The tone of their conversation was very joshing and lighthearted testified and the two teased each other about which one should try on a lace bodysuit. I was flirting the whole time probably she said. Trump took her by the arm and led her to a dressing room. She said asked if she ever thought about saying no. She replied that didn't occur to me. The door was open and that open door has plagued me for years because I just walked into it. I just walked in. She said as though in disbelief. Carol said it took a moment to register that their cheerful encounter had taken a turn. He immediately shut the door and shoved me up against the wall. She testified and shoved me so hard my head banged. I was extremely confused and suddenly realizing that what I thought was happening was not happening. She testified that she didn't call for help or yell. This was going to sound odd. I didn't want to make a scene. She said, I didn't want to make him angry at me. It started out as something fun and light and comedic and something to tell people you were having dinner with. I suddenly turned absolutely dark. At the time, Carol said she was 5'9 and about 120 pounds and was wearing four inch heels making her approximately Trump's height. But about a hundred pounds lighter. His head was beside mine breathing, she said, His whole weight came against my chest and held me up there. And he leaned down and pulled down my tights. I was pushing him back, holding up her hands to demonstrate. Carol said she was stamping and trying to wriggle out from under him. But it, be, it pulled down my tights And his fingers went into my gen- vagina And it was extremely painful She said extremely painful Because he put his hand inside me And curved his fingers Motherfucker And I'm sitting here today I can still feel it said, a voice cracking Oh my god Put his hand inside her a fist. Oh my god. Then what happened? Her lawyer Ferraris. Then he inserted his penis, she said, the alleged assault lasted a few minutes. so someone's adrenaline pouring through me at this time, I can't recall if I said anything. After pushing Trump off of her, she said, Carol fled the store and ran out on Fifth Avenue. Sitting here today, how do you feel about going into that dressing room, Ferraris? It was very stupid, Carol said. It changed. I know people have been through a lot worse than this, but it it left me, it left me unable to ever have a romantic life again. Wow. Okay. Carol said she immediately called one friend. Lisa burned back, and the next day told another friend, Carol Martin. She said she never told anyone else until she went public with her account in 2019. Asked if she was afraid of how others would react. She said she wasn't. No, I knew how others would react. She said, women who are raped are looked at as soiled goods. They're looked at as less. Trump had accused her of being financially motivated to smear him. Carl said she has taken an economic hit from the episode. Satisfied that she received a seventy thousand dollar advance for her twenty nineteen book in which she made the allegation, which was way less than other book advances she has received. Asked how the book sold, she replied, "Oh, not at all. Terrible." She had also said she was fired by L. Why was she fired by L. Which had paid her five thousand per month. It's quite a lot. But maybe not in New York. The former president has also accused Carol of wanting to damage him politically. On Wednesday, her lawyers introduced a 2017 email between Carol and Martin that Trump's lawyer suggested in his opening statement hinted at their intention to take him down. <clears throat> in response to an email referencing Tom, Trump, Martin wrote, As soon as we are both well enough to scheme, we must do our patriotic duty again. Carol responded, Totally have something special for you when we meet. Hmm? Were you and Miss Martin skimming to bring down Donald Trump? Carol's lawyer asked. She laughed and said no. Carol also testified about the emotional impact of Trump's denial of her claims. People have gone through much worse than being reviled by President Trump for three days. Much worse. Under that, understand that. But boy, it hit me and it laid me low. She said, because I lost my reputation, nobody looked at me the same. It was gone. Even people who knew me looked at me with pity in their eyes. Force of hatred coming at me was staggering. After receiving physical threats, she said she purchased bullets for a gun she owned. She testified that she also received messages of support but that the vileness and the dirt overwhelmed the encouraging feedback. And she testified to one more consequence of the alleged rape. She said it left her unable to have a romantic relationship or to have sex in the years since it occurred. When her lawyer asked if she thought her age had anything to do with that matter, she replied, I don't think so. I'm a young 79 and a 52. A woman is really reaching the floor because she's got the right job. She's got the right look. She's not self-conscious about her body anymore. 52 is a great, just a great age. It's one of the most powerful ages a woman can be. Oh, that's nice. I'm 53. That's like my age. Hmm. Later in the afternoon, Carol again broke into tears on the witness stand when questioned about whether she was happy she spoke out. I've regretted this about a hundred times, she said, pausing, but at the end, being able to get my day in court finally is everything to me. She said her speech was interrupted by crying, so I'm happy. Poor lady. legal. Hmm. Good guide to the trial. Agent Carroll underpointed questioning from Trump. He raped me whether I screamed or not. Um, I think he uh, basically fisted her writer testified for a second date in the civil lawsuit against this fucking monster in in this courtroom sketch judge lewis kaplan left presides as Jean carroll is cross-examined by donald trump's defense attorney Joe Taco Penis in federal court in New York on Thursday. Taco Penis went on the attack against Carlos. Claims that she was raped by Trump. The fucking fisted her? 'Cause he's he's a he's got a fucking tiny mushroom pecker. And he loves to uh inflict like pain. And he's a fucking better. Didn't want to make a scene. Didn't want to make him angry. That's what you get for being too fucking nice, huh? No good deed goes unpunished. uh, the 20... Filed the 27th. It was the 28th. Yesterday. Okay. Eugene Carroll dramatically rebuffed a lawyer for Donald Trump a questioner behavior and memory as a cross-examiner on Thursday about her allegation that the former president raped her in the 90s. there's a the thing I was too much in a panic to scream. Carol said, "When Trump's liar Taco Penis challenged her assertion that she didn't yell for help during the alleged assault in department store dressing room." Uh, excuse me, Dad. I'm telling you, he raped me, whether I screamed or not. Carol said, raising her voice. Carol, a magazine writer, testified for a second day in her civil lawsuit against the former president. She's suing him for battery defamation. He said the alleged incident never happened. The questioning got up to a terse start as Taco Penis wished Carol good morning twice before she would reply to him. There you go, he said when she finally responded, patronizing shithead. Carol has said that she believes the alleged attack at Bergdorf Goodman occurred in the evening on a day between fall of 1995 and the spring of 1996. And then a questioning from her own lawyer on Wednesday. She added that she believes it took place on a Thursday. A former Bergdorf employee testifies that Thursdays were the only nights of the week the luxury department store stayed open late. But Carol has repeatedly said she can't recall exactly what date it happened. On Thursday, Taco Penis questioned why Carol said only now that it was a Thursday and why neither she nor Two friends she says she told contemporaneously can recall the date. Wish to heaven we could give you a date, Carol said. I wish we could give you a date. Didn't she write about it? Carol testified that she always had a hunch the alleged attack occurred on a Thursday but didn't identify the day of the week in a book she wrote or in interviews because she wasn't absolutely sure and I tried to stick to the facts. Taco Penis also questioned Carol about a 2017 email referencing Trump between her and her friend Carol Martin in which Martin wrote, As soon as we were both well enough to scheme, we must do our patriotic duty again, Carol responded, Totally, I have something special for you when we meet. When Carol testified as she had also done Wednesday, she... That she couldn't recall what the email meant. So I could preface how she, how she could remember details from the alleged rape from at least 27 years ago. But couldn't recall anything about a 6 year old email. Those are facts that I could never forget. Carol said the alleged attack. This is an email among probably hundreds of emails between Carol and I that I have no that I have no recollection of. Taca also pressed Carol on why she went public with her story when she did in 2019. But Takapinas suggests she was using the claim to try to attract a book publisher. Carol disputed that saying she was instead prompted by revelations about film producer Harvey Weinstein's sexual predation in the New York Times in twenty seventeen. When that happened across the country, women began telling their stories and I was flummoxed and thought, wait a minute, can we actually speak up and not be pummeled? Carol testified. I thought, well, this may be a way to change the culture of sexual violence. The light dawned. I thought, we can actually change things if we all tell our stories. And I thought, by God, this may be the time. She continued. Caused me to realize that staying silent does not work, it doesn't work. If women speak up, we have a chance of limiting the harm that happens. Taco Penis challenged Carol on specific details of her account of the alleged rape. it pressed her on recollection that she didn't see anyone in the department store. She and Trump rode the escalators to the sixth floor. I was not looking for other people, she said. I was in a very engaged conversation with Donald Trump. The question why as she had testified, she would have suggested Trump, a relatively tall and heavy-set man. Trying to, trying to skimpy women's lace bodysuit they found on the counter in the laundry department. Just struck me. It's very funny, she said. If a man tells me to put on some laundry, my naturalness is telling to go put on the laundry. Chuck asked how she could have fought back against Trump while wearing four-inch heels. She said, I can dance backwards and forwards and four-inch heels. She replied. And in approximately she most heated moment of the day, Taco Penis questioned why she wouldn't have screamed if she were being sexually assaulted. I'm not a screamer. You can't beat up on me for me. not screaming, she replied, I'm not beating up on you. I'm asking you questions. Taco Penis said, Women don't come forward. But one of the reasons they don't come forward is because they're always asked, Why didn't you scream? Carol told the court. When women are told, she said, You better have a good excuse if you didn't scream. At that point, Carol raised her a voice. I'm telling you, he raped me whether I screamed or not, she explained. Do you need a minute, Ms. Carol? Dr. Penis asked. No, she replied, go right on her, any excuse for not spur me. Trial will not meet on Friday. Carol is expected to continue her testimony on Monday. Okay. Trump on Trial, what to know about the Eugene Carroll rape case. The Independent... right <clears throat> What's to know about the case somebody holding a sign with Trump's face lies out consequences Trump is a rapist oh guys holding those signs. that's nice thanks guys women. Nearly three decades after aging, e. Carroll claims Donald Rape raped her, Donald Rape trumped her in a dressing room. Donald Rape dressing room the pair facing off the court Skager Court former advice columnist for L power of civil lawsuits against former oh, those lawsuits is now being presented in New York City federal case well that's pretty Fucking short comments. Trump News Live, Jean Carroll fights tears as she describes extremely painful rape in dressing room. Jean Carroll fights tears as she describes extremely painful rape in Dressing Room. Trying to click it, but well, let me go there. Trump denied E. Carroll rape claim and testimony. money. CNN: Donald Trump raped me, and when I wrote about it, I said it didn't happen. Um, about video. Judge Unseal's Trump deposition in E. E.G. Carroll lawsuit. They've actually gone over this extensively on... uh, on... much touch.
1: Melted to perfection. Try the new toasted baguettes from Panera.
0: This is MSNBC coverage.
1: the myriad of legal issues facing ex-president Donald Trump, the second defamation suit brought against him by former L columnist E. Jean Carroll. Carroll says that Trump raped her in a New York City department dressing room in the 1990s. Trump has denied the accusation both when he was president and after he left the White House. In a post on his social media network last year, he called her claims a hoax, oh, and a lie, and a complete scam. In response, Carroll filed a defamation suit in New York and a battery claim under the Thank new Westfield Survivors Act. He's been trying to get the suit dismissed, but tonight a federal judge rejected his bid and released parts of the transcript from the taped deposition Trump did back in October, where he answered questions under oath from Carol's lawyers. An attorney for Trump issued a statement saying, while we are disappointed with the court's decision, we intend to immediately appeal the order and continue to advocate for our client's constitutionally protected rights. Lisa Rubin, former litigator, MSNBC legal analyst, has been going through that position. Joining me here tonight, In the details. great to have you here. Before we get into this, it's a little bit of a complicated situation because there are two lawsuits, one of which filed while he was president, one of which subsequently, the one of which filed during president brings up all sort of constitutional issues, right? And yep. and Trump is saying that it was part of his official duties.
2: Yeah, that he's immune from suit because he said it within the scope of his employment. And Chris, that claim by Donald Trump is still being litigated, still on appeal. And so while that's going on, the and litigator. in preparation for his deposition in that first suit, that's when he posted again on October 12th, leading to the second suit.
1: Right, so he's got this, and he's got like actually a plausible, contestable claim about immunity. I don't think it's right, but like, he's litigating it. we'll see what happens. But while he's kind of like, got that he comes out and just says the same thing and she sues again but he can't make that claim anymore because he didn't he wasn't present.
2: correct he's an ordinary citizen and he is subject to an ordinary defamation claim that lack
1: of discipline that doubling down and repeating is the through line of the deposition itself what is your top line of this deposition from the expert?
2: this is a person who is thoroughly to use your word undisciplined through and through and that should scare us for a number of reasons one because he was the President of the United States, and we know how capable he was during his presidency of this lack of discipline. Two,
0: Zero, because he's oh
2: declared clear candidate again for President of the United States. And three, the lack of discipline here should be alarming to his lawyers, if no one else, because he is likely to be sued again by other people if Eugene Carroll succeeds and she's got a trial date of They're April already. 17th for claims that he Norman. has made about them since he's been president. In other words, if he cases. can be sued for defamation as an ordinary citizen by Eugene Carroll, he can be sued for defamation by, for example, Ruby Freeman, the Georgia election worker against whom he has redoubled an attack last week, not once, not twice, but three separate times, about claims that have been fully discredited.
1: That's a great, great point. So here's an example of that on page 20 of this. Uh, the woman, there's something wrong with her, in my opinion, okay? But it's a false accusation. Never happened, never would happen. And I post it, and I will continue to post until such a time has, and then I will sue her after this is over, and that's the thing I really look forward to doing. And I'll sue you, too, because this is, how many cases do you have? Many, many cases. And I know the statements that were made, that you made. Is that common in depositions?
2: No. I mean, sometimes you will see a combative witness, and oftentimes nor more entitled the witness, the more combative that person is. makes sense. But a well-counseled, Witness doesn't behave like this. The deposition itself reads like a slew of defamatory statements. Now, Trump is likely immune from deposition claims from Robbie Carroll. I'm sorry, Robbie Kaplan. For example, because this is in the course of litigation, there's a qualified privilege for statements you make in litigation. But he is all over the place during this deposition, attacking Carol, attacking Kaplan and attacking all sorts of other people and enemies that he has. He talks about Robbie Kaplan's relationship, for example, with other people in the Democratic Party, trying to throw her off her game, and she is, for as dis- undisciplined as he is, she is disciplined to a T. She doesn't let him throw her once.
1: Robbie Kaplan, who's a, a, a quite legendary litigator, she won that uh, a remarkable uh, lawsuit down in Charlottesville uh, against some of the organizers of that Unite the Right uh, rally uh, under that uh, Reconstruction uh, ever, Reconstruction ever, era statute. This I thought was very interesting. Plausibly, one thing you could say on page 24, you could say, well, someone else wrote it,
2: which it. might be a
1: useful thing to preserve his defense. Uh, he's shown it. He says, great statement. Yeah, true, true. And now you've heard it again. You have it in front of you. you again confirmed. You wrote the whole thing yourself. I wrote it all myself, all myself.
2: Yep, he confirms multiple times during the deposition. He wrote it. He posted it. And she's asking him at a separate point, did you consult with anyone before you posted this? And he yeah. says, no. It wouldn't even occur to him to have consulted with a uh-huh. lawyer before he said this. He said, I'm not Joe Biden. I did this all myself.
1: So here's what's So there's a trial date present for this in April. This, this case has been unspooling for a very long time, and the procedural hurdles of the last uh, lawsuit are no longer relevant to him as a citizen. What will be an issue of the trial is, is she telling the truth, which is right. to say, did Donald Trump Race sexually race. assault her in the dressing room over here at city department store that's correct that's what the trial will be
2: that was, is exactly what the trial will be about and everything he said in this deposition will be fair game usually you can't use deposition testimony in a trial but donald trump is a party these are party admissions fair game for robbie kaplan and her legal team to use them at that trial
1: all right lisa rubin that was very very illuminating. Well thank you
0: human condition. So that was Judge Unseal's trunk deposition and E. J. Carroll lawsuit. All in with Chris Hayes. Wasn't bad for six minutes. And go. Do this to clear out
2: stuck poop fast. Oh my gosh. Fiber helps Fuck you poop, off. right? Nope. Oh. According to...
0: Trump may try a legal move to prevent DeSantis from running. News Nation one day ago. Ron
3: DeSantis now aiming to officially launch his 2024 presidential bid in mid May.
0: But if Donald
3: Trump has his way, DeSantis' campaign could be prevented from even running. Florida has what is called a resign-to-run law that, quote, persons seeking the office of president or vice president of the United States need to resign before they declare their candidacy. So under current state law, if DeSantis announces a run for the White House, he would have to resign as governor first. Now, a Republican supermajority in the Florida state legislature is currently rushing to pass an amendment that will allow DeSantis to do that. But there are new reports that Trump is trying to fight in the Florida legislature to keep the bill on the books. According to Fox Business reporter, Charles Gasparino, Trump is planning to go to Tallahassee to kill this bill to totally derail DeSantis from even running for president. Since Trump announced his 2024 bid, he's attacked DeSantis on social media or during interviews nearly every day with insult, nicknames, criticism. campaign ad, where Ron DeSantis praised Trump to ridicule.
2: Ron loves
4: playing with the kids. Build the wall. He reads the stories. Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I love that part.
5: He's teaching Madison to talk.
4: Make America great again.
2: People say Ron's all Trump, but he is so much more.
3: Big League. So good. That was a campaign ad from DeSantis's run for Florida in 2018. It reflects a gentler time in their relationship. Now, Republicans serving in the state Senate in Florida may have to choose between the downsides of crossing the Republican governor or becoming an enemy of Trump. Joining us now, John McGowan, Florida-based attorney who practices campaign election law, has done legislative and government affairs work as well. Thanks very much for coming on the program. Appreciate it. So to be clear, this is a real part of Florida law, and it needs to be repealed for
5: DeSantis to run, correct? So this has been part of Florida law since 1963. We're one of only five states that have it. The concept is if a sitting elected official decides they want to run for a higher office, they don't want them to run and then win and create a new vacancy. Mm. So so they try and get it all done at one time in the same election. So if you're a city council member and you have two years left in the office and you want to run for the state house, well, you got to resign from the current office. And that resignation is effective the date you would take the new position. But the problem we're having in Florida right now is the way the law is written, it doesn't clearly address somebody running for president because the way you run for president is different. You don't if you're running for city council, you go into uh, the supervisor of elections and you pay a, a fee, yeah. and there's a period that happens. And with, when you're running for president, it runs through the nomination process, so there's ambiguity. Okay. So Well, I was just going to ask you, so so, it's
3: it's believed that it's likely that the Republican supermajority is going to get this through, right, make sure there's no ambiguity that you're talking about. But I wonder this, all right, there is a new poll out today from Emerson that shows Trump with a 46-point lead now over DeSantis, 62 to 16. Do you think, and you are a student of Florida politics, Do you think that this kind of lead by Trump could lead some of the Florida legislators to say, you know what, if Trump asks us not to do this, why are we going to bother crossing Trump when
5: he's up by so much? I think politics plays a role in every decision that's made in any elected office. But in this particular one, keep in mind, our legislative session ends in one week. And there are bills that have passed that these legislators want to be signed, and the governor is the one that has to sign it. They also have financial priorities, things like budget line item budgets for their districts, where you know the the local aspects of different projects. And the governor here has a line item veto, and he will go through and every governor's done this. And if they don't like that legislature, they will line item veto that particular Mm. project. So, right now, the Sanders holds all the cards in Florida for them, at least for the session. Now, once the session is over and their bills are signed, of course, it won't matter for this issue, but that's when you may see the defection of
3: endorsements. Yeah. And real quick, do you think that Donald Trump is actually going to take this fight to the Florida
5: legislature? I don't know that he actually will. I mean, it seems like a petty fight to have, uh, although it, it has been a petty back and forth with him <laughs> with the Sanders and the Uh, I I mean, if Trump were to do it, I I don't think it would gain him any ground. I think it would make him uh, very unlikable in the legislature.
3: And and maybe the flip side of this is with him up by so much in the polls. Maybe he'll say, you know what, it doesn't really matter for us as well. Thank you for watching. Go to NewsNationNow.com to find NewsNation on your cable provider. And don't forget to click the red subscribe button below to get more of NewsNation's fact-driven, unbiased coverage.
0: Right.
1: People think learning piano takes a really long time, but that's false. Here's how long it really takes with this new method. music lessons
4: use piano apps or youtube tutorials whoa what a week it has been all over the map it's um i know it's hard to keep up uh sometimes it takes your breath away sometimes you have a hard time just breathing through the whole thing it um so many things this week the supreme court keeping everybody on tender hooks regarding the abortion ruling. Not over yet, but they're scared now, and that's a good thing. They know the country is against them. vast, vast majority of the country is against them. And how are they going to keep their, their religious um, uh, jihad going against us? To be very hard. Uh, they know it. That's a good thing. The last few weeks of all these mass shootings to now a week of just random shootings of young people who have made an honest mistake. They rang the wrong doorbell. They pulled in the wrong driveway. Their basketball went into the next door neighbor's yard. And for this, They're all shot. It's like the the level of violence and the belief that the gun rules the country. I think people are going to rise up. I think they've had enough of this. I don't want to sound too overly optimistic here, but you can't keep the country together this much longer um, without people saying, I've had it. So that's been going on. DeSantis still wanting to fight with Disney, suggesting they maybe will build a prison next door to Disney World. Just, you know, one piece of crazy from DeSantis after another and the former president. And then what we're gonna talk about today, not only what happened a few days ago with uh, Fox News, but the stunning thing that happened overnight here uh, in the last uh, 12 hours or so, and some of you have heard about it, some of you haven't, Uh, uh, so I'm going to tell you about it. If you haven't heard it, if you have heard it, uh, I'm going to lay it out in terms of what this all means, but uh, boy, oh boy, wow, there are just some days, aren't there, where you just think, well, here's something I've never seen before. and. And especially after you get to a certain age, it's like, well, you think you've kind of seen everything, and yet, and yet, no, no, no. What happened here uh, in the early uh, morning hours today? Mind blowing. I'm going to get into it here right after I thank the underwriters, but uh, don't go anywhere uh, because uh, this this has been a wapa aluza. Wow. Um, so before we get started, let me just do a quick thank you here to the underwriters uh, who helped keep my voice going on this podcast. And first up is a huge thank you to our longtime Rumble with Michael Moore supporter, and that is Shopify. As Rumble listeners know, Shopify is the commerce platform that helped me launch my online shop here, the Moore store. Actually, their whole ethos is to make starting and running your own shop, your own little shop, whatever it is, whether it's online, whether it is a brick and mortar store, to make it as simple as possible. And they have a whole swath of tools to help you do just that. Tools that were once reserved for big business, but now Shopify makes them accessible to all. You can manage orders, shipping, payments, even create and customize your own online shop, all in one place without having to learn any new skills in design or coding or whatever. Plus, Shopify also offers a 24-7 help and an extensive business course library. So, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash rumble. And that's all lowercase with rumble. R-U-M-B-L-E. Go to shopify.com slash rumble to take your business to the next level today. shopify.com slash rumble. And next up today, I want to thank Moink. Moink, uh, you've been with us here for a long time, and I know that not all Rumble listeners eat meat, but for those that do, if you're anything like me, it's important to you to know exactly where your meat is coming from and how the animals were treated. Moink, that's moo plus oink, moo for cow, oink for pig. Moink is a meat subscription service that sources all their meat from small family farms across America. You choose whatever meat you want and boom, you're suddenly getting grass-fed beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon delivered straight to your door. You can really taste the difference too. And I can tell you, it feels good to know that you are helping rural America stay independent from big agriculture in the process. So. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox, all one word, moinkbox.com slash rumble right now, and listeners of this podcast get, are you ready, free bacon in your first box. That's right. I said the two best words in the English language, free and bacon. It is, my friends, it's the best bacon you'll ever taste, but it's only for a limited time. So, Moinkbox, M O I N K box.com slash rumble. That's moinkbox.com slash rumble. And thank you again, Moink, for supporting this podcast and supporting my voice. So, Beatles, over to you. birthday uh and i gotta tell you i woke up as i'm sure many of you did this morning to well in my case to the biggest birthday present ever and of course i'd like to believe it was meant just for me but i do realize that uh it obviously is meant for all of us in case you don't know and this is the first time you're hearing this i'll just report what has happened while you were asleep last night. At 12.01 this morning, the Fox News Channel voluntarily took itself permanently off the air, calling their network, and I'm quoting here, one of the worst frauds ever perpetrated on the American people. This just blew my mind. Well, of course, it, it took just four days of unmitigated nonstop public outrage and backlash uh, over Fox News escaping, being put on trial, and having it all come out in court on the witness stand, and getting away with, even though the largest fine ever uh, being paid by a media company for lying, um, it still wasn't enough and still left the News Corp, the owner of Fox News, intact. The settlement was reached late on Tuesday afternoon uh, between Dominion Voting Systems. They're the the voting machine people that Fox had gone after and accusing them of rigging the election. So they filed a defamation lawsuit against Fox News. And then on Tuesday, like literally minutes before the opening arguments, they'd already picked the jury, seated the jury, all set to go, the judge announced that an agreement had been reached for Fox to fork over nearly $800 million to Dominion. But as we all know, it did not require the hosts and the executives and the owner of Fox News issue a public statement of apology or admit on air that they lied profusely about the 2020 election being stolen by Dominion and the Democrats, plus Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, two of the three Biden granddaughters, and the Venezuelans. Well, this announcement of a settlement on Tuesday did not sit well with the American people. Nearly 70% of those polled by Thursday said that they felt the court's acceptance of this settlement did not settle the true damage done to our democracy. Forget about Dominion, our democracy, and that this, this massive fine that they are having to pay to Dominion, the American people are saying that this shouldn't go to Dominion. This money should go to the American people. They wrecked all trust in our elections, said Rocco DiLorenzo, a truck driver and former Fox News viewer from Breezewood, Pennsylvania. He goes on to say, now I don't know what to believe or who to believe. My faith is gone and it will be a long time before I vote again. The sentiment was echoed throughout the country. Uh, Cynthia Lemaine of Beaver Creek, Wisconsin, told Reuters that she would settle for nothing less than the heads of Fox News or a reasonable facsimile thereof. Oh, she means the actual heads. Oh, the heads of the heads of Fox News or a reasonable facsimile thereof, quote, hoisted on stakes lining the 14th Street Bridge over the Potomac River leading into Washington, D.C., She said, they tried to destroy our country and maybe they succeeded. $800 million for Dominion? What about $800 trillion for the rest of us? Nearly 30 years of nonstop lies that have divided this country and they just get away with it? I think every American, Cynthia says, I think every American deserves a settlement check of our own. At least $10,000 for each of us. Actually, that sounds pretty good. Well, anyways, this volatile anger and uh, a demand for justice, real justice, was echoed through all 50 states this week, including the island territory of Guam, which has already filed petitions to secede from the United States. I did this on Thursday or Friday. And by Friday, of course, millions of Americans canceled any cable TV subscription they had that included Fox News, with most Americans, though, keeping only the basic stations of ABC, NBC, CBS, and PBS, plus their sports packages, of course, and that network that drops two naked people off in a jungle each week to see if they can find their way out without any shoes, clothes, condoms or insect repellent. now although the 800 million dollar settlement was only a dent in Fox News's four billion dollars of cash they have on hand the News Corp stock plummeted by week's end thousands of angry protesters surrounded their headquarters on the Avenue of the Americas in New York City Fox had already barricaded the building and protected it with its own private army i didn't know they had one but i guess that makes sense doesn't it they had already barricaded and they and they protect they were protecting their building there it's it's right there in rockefeller center with uh, with its own private army and an arsenal of tanks bazookas and rocket launchers one of which by the way accidentally went off yesterday on saturday and hit NBC across the street there at 30 Rock. Uh, well, Fortunately, no casualties were reported as the network was playing old episodes of Dateline to catch a predator on a continuous loop. So good, nobody nobody got hurt there. Well, anyways, all of this appeared too much for Fox execs to handle. And from what I understand, last night, overnight, uh, the news corp, began transferring all of its cash to overseas accounts and shifting its assets to an undisclosed location in the Cayman Islands. But, my friends, the big, stunning kahuna came just one minute after midnight last night when Rupert Murdoch's head appeared on screen on the Fox News Channel and announced he was pulling the plug on his, quote, propaganda network wow Murdoch went on went on to explain quote I'm quoting him now we are not a news network he said this is not and never has been journalism I came to this country I should be doing this in an Australian accent right I came to this country knowing that a certain percentage of its citizens were just stone cold stupid and filled with such hatred for facts, science, and people of color. We knew we would make a killing here, and we did. We are the most watched cable channel, that's right, not the most watched cable news channel, the most watched cable channel in America. And then. Going back to quoting this, I'm quoting Murdoch here. We made trillions. That really, Murdoch said, says more about you than it does about us mates. Thank you, America. And now to show our true remorse, here are your favorite spewers of lies with their heartfelt apologies. And then the screen goes from Murdoch to one after another, like videotaped confessions from from all of their anchors, uh, their hosts, the the whole cavalcade of them. One after, it started with Tucker Carlson. He begins, the first line from Tucker Carlson is, and I'm quoting, my fellow Americans, I'm a dick. Wow. Like, he just starts off with that, and then he goes on to explain all his dickish behavior over the years he's been on Fox. And then chastises the viewers by saying, well, what did you think? I started on MSNBC. I came from MSNBC to Fox, and you accepted me just like that. No thinking required. He just went on just just blasting the viewers for being idiots. And um, which is so weird because he's such an idiot. And then he angrily tore off his bow tie, tossed it over his shoulder and said, quote, so long suckers and got up out of his chair and left. That, wow! I mean, really, uh, you know, most of us were asleep, so we didn't get to see this. But uh, um, you know, let, let me just go. So after him came Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity comes on. He's sobbing and and apologizing again profusely for everything that he has said and done on the air. Uh, he didn't believe any of it. He said uh... He was just trying to make a living. He knew that the bigger the lies got, the bigger his paycheck got, and and that that he's probably not that much different than most people uh, when presented with a chance to make a hell of a lot of money. And then he just keeps sobbing <laughs> and sobbing, and and then I he holds up what looks like a a, a photo, but. They um, they pixelated it, but uh, but for like a, a split second you can see it. It looks like essentially it's he is uh, it's a photo of him filleting Bill O'Reilly, and but you can't really see because they they kind of blurred it out. But um, and then he just just collapses in the chair crying, and they have to like cut away from him. And all of a sudden, then they just start running one after the other. Of these Fox News anchors apologizing, trying to justify what they did, rationalizing it. Um, uh, uh, Maria, uh, what is it, Bart- Bartoloma, uh, Judge Janine Je- Pirro, all of them, just one after the other, Greg, whatever the guy's name is. Uh, and then Rudy, Rudy comes on with uh, his lawyer friend, uh, Sydney, I forgot her, her last name. The ones that were you know on during and after the election with all their lies all their you know they've gone to this this county in Michigan where I live uh, and convinced them to let them take one of the mini voting machines so they could do a, a forensic analysis of it i mean this is like, as you remember this stuff is just so crazy uh, end of 2020 all of twenty twenty one and uh so, anyway, so it goes on and on and of course uh Uh, For some weird reason, Rudy and Sydney then, uh, in their sorrow, uh, just hold each other and they start making out and then their makeup starts running down their faces and it's it's really weird and and then all of a sudden they cut to Roger Ailes. Now Roger Ailes has passed away. This is the founder and uh, lifetime president for life, as he called himself, of Fox News. And, uh, and also serial uh, uh, woman abuser at uh, Fox. And uh, it's a hologram of him that he must have recorded before his death. And it's Roger Ailes on the screen um, admitting the ruse from the very beginning. It was all set up this way uh, to fool people, get ratings, and make a ton of money for themselves. And weird to see all the others, they did apologize, but not Roger Ailes. So I guess he, I don't know. I don't know what the deal was there, but they wanted to show him at least admitting that he was the ringleader of this whole thing and was doing this on behalf of uh, Rupert Murdoch. And then Murdoch comes back on the screen and uh announces I mean it just blew my mind. Murdoch announces, um this is, and he's live on the air now and it's about I don't know, ten, fifteen minutes after midnight at this point, um that he's gonna donate the news court building there, uh, Rockefeller Center, to the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, uh, so that the, the building and he's set up a fund to fund whoever the ACLU hires, and the building is to become a national fact-checking headquarters, to fact-check the media. And it's to be staffed only by actual journalists, researchers, social scientists, and nonpartisan watchdogs to make sure, as he said, no media is ever again able to get away with what we got away with." End quote. Wow. I mean, I'm like, you know, I'm like this is I can't believe that I mean this this is actually happening. And then and then Murdoch uh he's wrapping up and he's saying, um, uh now, before our screen goes permanently dark, he says, about twelve hours from now, which will be around twelve forty five PM, he said twelve forty five PM, so the noon hour here on on Sunday, that's when they're going to go permanently dark. But from the, for these next 12 hours, and by the way, uh, just to, just to throw this in, because this is why I thought this was a birthday present to me today. I was born at 12:45 p.m. and in, in the noon hour, just in time for lunch on, on this day. Uh, I was born, and um, and so and so it's going to go off the air at the moment of my birth. Some some um, um, teen years ago.